Auto Line this week is underwritten in part by... In this epic battle of fuel efficiency and endurance, we're here to see which hybrid has the best MPG. That's the essence of a hybrid soul. But is there more to it? The Hybrid Game MPG Challenge. And now, here is your host, John McElroy. Want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week, where we're going to be talking today all about trucks and especially Ram trucks. And that's because my special guest today is Fred Diaz, the CEO of the Ram brand. Fred, thanks for coming on AutoLine. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Also joining us today are Scott Burgess from Motor Trend Magazine and Tony Swan from CarAndDriver.com. Great having you guys back as well. Great to be here. Fred, Ram seems to be doing awfully good right now. You're up strong for the first quarter. Can you keep this kind of momentum going? Well, I would, what I would tell you is that general reaction from the public as well as from the media has been fantastic. And we're very, very humbled and, and proud of that reaction. And then, of course, you got to wait and see what the numbers say. So for the first quarter, our sales are up 20%. Last month, we just had a phenomenal month. The month of March, we were up 24%, with 90% of those sales being from our new 2013 model. So the 12s has, have sold down quite well, and our 13 sales are, are moving the right way. So we're quite proud of, of what we've seen. We've got some really stout objectives this year with the new truck coming out, and, and we've been able to accomplish those objectives and then some. So we're very proud of that. But so far, you're a brand with essentially one vehicle, the Ram pickup truck. And you got this little cargo van, but that's not in, uh, really sort of inconsequential. Mm -hmm. When are you going to start adding more models to the lineup? Well, we've added, added several models to the lineup. We've got an entry-level uh, express vehicle. Uh, we've got a tradesman that's also for the, the gentleman or woman who just wants a no frills, no thrills, get me to work and back and, and get me there with, with quality and reliability. And what we say, our motto in, in the Ram truck brand is that we have a truck for every need and every customer. And then in addition to that, we've just created a Ram commercial division. And now we're going to have a plethora of vans that are going to be coming with our new ProMaster van. We have 16 possible versions that can be ordered in that new ProMaster van. And with our Ram commercial division, we are getting right into the throes of the commercial business aggressively. Why was it necessary to develop Ram as a separate brand uh, to begin with, uh, as distinct from keeping it under the Dodge umbrella? What's the rationale? It was absolutely imperative. When we did initial testing, when we came out of, out of bankruptcy, the good news for Ram is that whenever we did testing with consumer research and we said, what conjures up in your mind when you hear the word Dodge? The great news is, is that what typically came up was great trucks. That's not good for the minivans, that's not good for the Durango, the SUVs, and the other vehicles and cars that we were trying to sell within that brand. So fundamentally, the, the decision was made, and Sergio made the decision, along with the committee, that we needed to separate the two and create our own distinct personalities so that both brands would have their own individual space to, to play and to create their distinct personality. Think of what we've done with Sam Elliott and using him as the voice of Ram to pitch our trucks and our marketing campaigns. Sam Elliott in a minivan? Maybe not so much. Sam Elliott with the journey? Not so much. And when you look at where the Dodge brand has gone now in creating their fantastic personality and their space and place to play, I think it's fantastic. And you see a huge separation between the personality that we're creating with the Ram truck brand and where they're going with the Dodge brand. And I think it's been a great recipe for success. 
What can Ram do to move more into that commercial pickup segment? I know that you've started the commercial division, but that seems to be the one area that, that Ford just rules right now, and, and everyone is trying different approaches to break into that. So how do you break into that? I think the first thing that we needed to do is we needed to get serious about the commercial business. So starting the commercial division was definitely ground zero for what we needed to do. Fortunately, with our partners at Fiat and, and with their great lineup of, of vans that they have, commercial vans that they have, the Decato, which is what our ProMaster is based off of, has sold over four and a half million units in Europe. And it's a fantastic award-winning vehicle and also 80% of the class two market that is in that van segment. So when we bring that vehicle, and we've done some homologation to make it right for the U.S. market, that's the first step that we needed to do. You've heard Sergio talk about the Dovolo, the smaller vehicle van that's going to be coming into that, into that segment as well. And then we're also looking at the class three and four larger van to try to build the business case for bringing the Iveco daily to round out the portfolio of the commercial van. And then we have all the truck offerings, and we have a fantastic truck offering and a heavy duty also with our half ton, and then you've got the heavy duty 2500, 3500, 45, 5500, our chassis cabs. So we have a great offering. It's neat. I wish I had a chart to show you that shows you now what our retail offering is and what our commercial offering is. And when you look at it, it's mind boggling when you consider how small that chart looked just three and a half, four years ago. You know, you mentioned the Ram Heavy Duty, and uh, maybe you could amplify that a little bit because I've seen some of your presentations. I think it's very impressive and uh, really a step up for you in that uh, area. Well, we're getting really serious, and, and uh, many people have heard me say this. When, when we were looking at the half-ton 1500 and when we were looking at the Heavy Duty, and we decided that we weren't going to do just a mild refresh. We were going to do a major refresh Essentially, what Sergio told us, the, the Ram team, is, boys, you go big or you go home. We're here to play and we're here to win. We're not messing around. And essentially, every single thing, we knew what we needed. We knew what we wanted based on all the research that we've done. Taking all of those needs and wants and the business case to the committee, which, which Sergio chairs, and showing them what it is that we wanted to do, both in the light duty and in the heavy duty segment and with the commercial segment, every single thing we asked for was approved because we knew that we needed to play and play hard. 30,000 pounds towing capacity in our new heavy duty truck. Who would have thought that we would have done something like that? In the past, it's the one-upsmanship game with, with the competitors and our cross-time uh, rivals. 100 pounds here, 200 pounds there, and so forth, and we decided let's go big and, and go all the way up to 7,000 pounds. And uh, we're going for it. What changed within Chrysler? Because the Ram started out, the current one, started out as a refresh, and then you kept changing and changing and changing until it's essentially a brand new truck. But that takes money. It just doesn't take, hey, boys, you better work hard on this. Right. So what changed in the company's thinking that, hey, yeah, we got to pour a lot more money into this product? We looked at our truck. We looked at the design of our truck. We arguably feel that we have the best looking, tough, rugged, macho looking truck out there in the marketplace. And what we knew we had was the capability with our engineering staff here, as well as working with our engineering staff at Fiat, to be able to add a lot more technology to the truck. And again, getting back to, to our conversation about boys, go big or go home, we decided why not? 
let's fight and let's fight to win as opposed to just being a competitor. And we've done that with our market share gains over the last three years. And adding technology, looking at what we've done to, to the front instrument cluster, that type of technology, active air suspension, active grill shutters, uh, link coil suspension, and, and I can go on and on with, with all the fuel economy improvements that we made, and then I have to just give my hats off to the engineers on, on the active air suspension. Not only does it give you that ability to give you a better fuel economy rating, but it's also very practical for your typical truck user. You have a kneel position so that you feel like you're getting in and out of the truck rather than climbing in and out of the truck. When it's in that kneel position, you can load cargo, a 100-pound bag of, of cement or, or sand or, or wood, lumber, whatever it is you need. And then when you need to go off-road, you can put it in the off-road two position and you can clear rocks, boulders, trees, particularly for people who are outdoor enthusiasts. You, do you see, um, uh, apparently there, you know, there's, some, there's a correlation between full-size pickup trucks and the housing industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're like Absolutely. joined at the hip. And Absolutely. do you see an ongoing uh, ramp up in that area to sustain I really do. this? Yeah. I really do. I'm very, very pleased with what we're seeing with the housing industry and, and the way the housing industry and the truck industry pretty much mirror each other. We're probably about two or three months behind what the housing industry does. And I'm super encouraged by the housing starts and what we're seeing as well as the way housing prices are starting to increase, not only here in this local area, but across the United States. And I think fundamentally, from a truck industry perspective, that's what we're going to continue to see increased gains with. And I believe that the truck market is going to continue to take a bigger percent of market share from the entire automotive industry and get bigger like we have done in the past. We've seen gasoline prices go up a lot in this country mm -hmm. this year. Where, where do you think the truck market is going to settle down in terms of figuring out how to deal with that. More things like direct fuel injection and the variable cam timing and the, and the louvers, or diesel engine, or hybrid, or compressed natural gas or liquid propane. Where do you think it's going to go? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. You, you know, we personally right now, and our engineers and our industrial team, which is a phenomenal industrial team that we have. I give my hats off to those guys every day because they are just an amazing group of individuals. But the number of initiatives that we are looking at and that we are investigating and that we are exploring right now to look at hybrid technology, possibly in a truck. We had one of our competitors that tried to do it, and it didn't do very well because of the cost as well as the capability. CNG technology is huge. As you know, we're the only manufacturers right now that actually produce a CNG truck in the factory without having to send it to an upfitter. Looking at our Pentastar V6 engine, mating that with our eight-speed transmission, our Hemi engine mated with the eight-speed transmission, and the best-in-class 25 miles per gallon fuel economy that we have when we made our V6 Pentastar with that eight-speed. And then, of course, diesel technology. That engine, the modern-day diesel technology coming later this year, middle part of this year, I think is going to surprise a lot of people. As, as it is right now, we have best-in-class MPG. Imagine where we're going to be when that diesel comes to market. So you're just putting these different powertrains out there and you're going to see which one happens nope. to sell the best? No, nope. we do our homework. We, we know what the consumers want. If you look in the blogospheres today, you see that the customers have been adamantly demanding things like diesel technology in a half-ton truck. 
And now that we've launched it and we made the investment, and thank God we have our partners at Fiat who know a lot about CNG and about diesel technology, and having to give, be given the opportunity to use one of their engines to put into our truck, once we launched it and announced to the market that that's what we were bringing, the reaction has been even more phenomenal than we expected when before people were just asking for it. So how difficult pleased. is it to uh, federalize uh, one of those engines, uh, you know, a European sourced engine, a uh, diesel engine? I think our industrial team has done a great job of making sure that all the P's and Q's and, and I's are dotted and T's are crossed to make sure that, that we homologate and bring the, the engine to the United States to make sure that it meets federal requirements. And I don't anticipate any problems there. And of course, it, it's going in the Jeep Grand Cherokee too, the same engine. That is correct, so, with uh, some modifications because one is for a Jeep application and one is for a truck application. But essentially, yes, it is the same engine. GM has said that Three out of four customers for their pickups uh, choose a V8. Ford said more than half of their F-150 customers are now choosing sixes. Yep. Where do Ram customers fall into that? With the, the addition of the Pentastar, which that thing's in everything that Chrysler has. Mm -hmm. it, it's a great use of the engine. Terrific engine. And it's a, a great engine. Where where do you think or where do you guys where do you think the uh, RAM is going to fall in on that? You know where it will actually settle in. We don't know, and and we're still very much in the ramp up curve with with the V6 Pentastar engine. It's one of Ward's ten best engines, as as you gentlemen well know. But we think between what we're doing with the V6 technology with the Pentastar engine and where we're going with the diesel technology, that the take rate is going to be probably more than we're expected. We can easily see that take rate being at least 30%, a third of, of the vehicles and trucks that with we With the sell. diesel? With, with the diesel and the V6 combined. Oh, gotcha. Those okay. two combined. And and who knows where that's going to go? Will it eventually be half of the vehicles that we build? All I know is that from all the research that we've done and the consumer feedback that we've received, even for the truck industry, MPG continues to be a top-of-mind uh, area of concern for our truck customers without sacrificing capability and, and durability of the truck. Of course. And you're still alone at 25. No, We're still alone at 25. We still have best-in-class 25 MPG, and I'm excited to, to actually get the test results back from the industrial team relative to what our rating will be on the new upcoming diesel which will be, the, will be the only ones in the market with a new diesel. Engine. Well, given, uh, you know, instability in, in fuel economy, and, and certainly uh, the forecast is uh, you've got to anticipate ri rising prices uh, out into the future, do you see an opportunity uh, for uh, mid-sized pickup trucks to make a comeback? Ford is looking at it, I know. Ford is looking at it. I've recently seen some information from our, from our buddies over at GM relative to mid-sized pickup. That continues to be a discussion that I, I am not kidding you. Not a week goes by that we don't have some heavy substantive discussions about a mid-size pickup and where that could be. And what we're looking at is, is how small that segment is in the United States right now and the fact that it continues to get smaller. Well, everybody gets rid of them. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. easy. It, you, you said a key thing, in the United States. Right. The rest exactly. of the world, it's a different That's story. That's where I was going. That's exactly where I was going. And also in the United States, I think we made some mistakes as, as an industry. I'll, I'll blame our Dakota, for instance. That Dakota was such a beast. It was so big and so capable and so durable. And because of that, the pricing started bumping up, the bumping up against the cost of a, a full-size truck that we were confusing our, our consumers. 
for another thousand dollars I can buy a full-size truck why would I want a Dakota fundamentally I believe you absolutely cannot do that so we're exploring many different possibilities many different options for the mid-size truck and we're also looking at okay if we think we may want to get into the mid-size truck industry here in the United States while we're at it we know that there's huge demand in Asia, South America, and Europe for a small mid-sized truck, particularly a metric ton truck. So what platforms can we look at? Do we need one truck? Do we need two trucks? One for international, one for the United States. There are so many variables and, and, and derivatives that we are looking at. We literally have about 10 to 15 potential opportunities that we're looking at before we even come close to making that decision as to what it is that we're, we're But you would be thinking more along the lines of a world truck? I'd be look, we'd be looking more along the lines of a world truck, maybe a world truck as well as a truck that works in the United States. Some of the basic fundamentals based on the research that our, our product development guys have looked at is that you have to be able to carry at least four people including the driver. Your MPG has to be very close if not at 30 miles per gallon, preferably better. And it has to look, this is something that I'm really big on, it has to look really cool and look like a truck that people want to drive. You've got the entry level people, the younger buyers that, that love those types of vehicles and then hopefully you grow them into a full size truck or whatever is your offerings that you have. And then of course you have your people that are over 55 years old, 65 years old that don't want to have to maneuver a big full size truck around. They want truck capability to a certain degree, doesn't have to tow a house, but they want the ability to have a truck bed and get some basic things done around the house. So you're basically you're really kind of talking more about a lifestyle type of truck. Yeah, lifestyle truck, it seems to be the, the nomenclature that many people in the industry are using. I don't know if, if we'll call it a lifestyle truck. We're still trying to figure out what it is that, that, that we would call it. Um, lifestyle seems to work in the United States. In the overseas markets, those are those are work deal. trucks. Work, right. And so truck, my, right. my question really is, there had been some talk that Chrysler was looking at using its minivan platform to do a lifestyle truck as opposed to a tr more traditional body on frame. So in everything that you're talking about here, which way do you think you'd go? You know, the sky's the limit. Unibody, body on frame. Uh, what type of engine, what type of transmission combination, what's the suspension going to be like, does it need to be metric ton, not metric ton, there are literally so different so many different derivatives that you can look at when it comes to determining what it is that we're going to do, um, that those are things that we look at every day. And it's actually been very invigorating, invigorating and fun to talk about amongst the industrial team and the commercial team and the brand teams to try to figure out What's that secret mousetrap going to be that's really going to work in the industry? Fred, you're also uh, the head of Chrysler of Mexico. So when you talk about world truck and everything, I'm sure that shades your view of this industry. Bring us up to speed right now. Where is the Mexican industry and especially Chrysler of Mexico? The Mexican industry continues to be on a roll. Uh, basically, what happens in Mexico is that if you look at the data over the past if the U.S. Gets a, gets a cold, the folks in Mexico and my entire staff in Mexico says if the U.S. gets a cold, we catch a flu. And, and what you're seeing is that with the U.S. industry starting to move upwards, the Mexican industry is doing the same thing. So we're, they're starting to come, become a very robust uh, uh, market again. And the investment from the other manufacturers in Mexico has been skyrocketing. So Mexico, I think, is going to be 
a sleeper and a secret that's going to just rebound by leaps and bounds because you've got so many international companies that are starting to invest in Mexico, and that's going to be fantastic for the market. And I'm quite pleased with our results in Mexico. We, we restructured the company a couple of years ago when I had the opportunity to, to work in Mexico, which was a lifelong dream of mine. And, and uh, quite frankly, we've done quite well. We, we, when we were there, we were the number five largest manufacturer, and now we've leapfrogged one of our friends in, in the industry, and, and now we are the fourth largest manufacturer in that marketplace, and we're, we're quite proud of that. And so far, for two, we did that in 2012, and so far for 2013, we maintained that position, and I have no intentions of going the other way. Well, forgive my ignorance, but what's the size of the Mexican market? The size of the Mexican market compared to the United States isn't, isn't very big. It's about 1.2 million. Total so, market. Total market. So it's a much smaller yeah. market than, than what we have. But during the Le- difficult... Less than one-tenth of the U.S. market. Exactly. Exactly. And, but when we were going through the really tough times, boy, that market got really small. It got down to about six or 700,000. When, when we were going through the difficulties of 2008 and 2009, they, they suffered greatly. Uh, but a lot of good momentum, a lot of good feeling, and the Mexican market seems to be doing quite well. And, and uh, the investments by all the OEMs into the Mexican market is fantastic. A lot of room for growth there, too, of a country of over 100 million people, and yet a car market that's smaller than Canada's. Yep. So it would suggest that as long as the Mexican economy grows, the growth there could be phenomenal. That's correct. They have a new president and a new cabinet, and, and I think they're fundamentally the, the, the position and the belief and the attitude of, of the consumers in general and, and the people of Mexico is fantastic. Mexico City is the biggest city in the entire country. Uh, it's amazing. You don't ever want to drive through there during rush hour. It'll take you two hours to get anywhere. I don't ever want to drive through there. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's uh, it's been a fantastic market. The dealers are great. They're they're so into their business and and very much into taking care of their customers. And and I'm quite pleased with with what we found there in in Mexico. And and we continue to thrive there. And Chrysler de Mexico is a, is a big part of of the corporation going forward. In spite of um, you know. Uh, Emphasis on MPG and green and so on. There's a there's a continuing growth in the performance market. Uh, it, you know, as evidenced by SRT. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see an opportunity for an SRT RAM? You know, I got to be careful as far as talking about future product planning. No, but, tell but, us but, anything. But, <laughs> I'm sure you'd love that. But but to be real honest with you, we've done that before, as you know. Right. And back when we did it, the the industry was much bigger than it is right now. And even with the industry being much bigger than it, than, it, than it is right now, it was a very, very, very small niche market. Right. So when you do that same math and you look at it today, that market would be the size of a peanut. And it would be difficult for, for us to, to build a business case that says we need to do this and do the customers right now, do the consumers out there really still want a go-fast truck that does nothing but go fast? I it mean, hasn't it, deterred Jeep. You know, it hasn't deterred Jeep, but it's a totally different market. I fundamentally believe that a better space for the Ram truck brand to go would be into, into doing an off-road performance truck. So, you know, we have the Mopar Ram Runner, which has done fantastic and has done great things in, in racing series. 
And maybe there's an opportunity looking forward. I don't know. We continue to look at anything and every type of opportunity we can. Maybe there's an opportunity for us to industrialize something that's an off-road capable truck and build it in a plant rather than it being something that, that you can do an add-on with our fine friends from Mopar. With the, um, you'd mentioned earlier the, the pace that housing markets increasing and pickup sales uh, follow that. And the auto industry seems to be the anomaly in the U.S. industry-wise because everybody talks about how bad the economy is, but the auto industry is, has a nice trajectory right now. Yes, it does. Um, and it's sustained it for a while. And too. it's been yeah. going on for, for quite some time. <clears throat> when does Detroit forget about 2008 and we start making the same mistakes again? <laughs> you know, um, Personally, I don't know that Detroit will ever forget about 2008, 2009. It was a great opportunity for everyone to level set uh, the bad and, and the lack of discipline that was in how we managed the automotive industry. And specifically about us, we had, we had to totally, and that's, that's some of Sergio's brilliance, is, is being able to come in and say, guys, we're, we're doing business the wrong way. This is not the way the business was intended to be set up. And when we came out of the throes of, of bankruptcy, we took a to we wiped this little slate clean, and we said we need to become a disciplined company. We got our incentives in line, and we improved. We quit decontenting vehicles. We started getting better interiors, put a massive, passionate emphasis on quality, which we knew was always one of our Achilles' heels of the past. And between pick fixing those three, among many other things, we started selling and along with our dealers, the value proposition of why this vehicle is the vehicle that you want to buy as opposed to trying to sell the deal. If Detroit, or us for that matter, ever get back to the point where we're selling the deal and not the product, we're back into the same place that, that we just experienced in 2008, 2009, and I can promise you that Chrysler will never allow themselves to get into that position again. And that's probably a really good place to wrap up this show. Fred Diaz, uh, head of the Ram brand in Chrysler, Mexico. Thanks so much for coming in and bringing us up to speed with what's going on Thank there. you so much for having me. Really appreciate it, gentlemen. And I want to thank Scott Burgess and Tony Swan. Great having the both of you here as well. And I want to thank all of you for having tuned into AutoLine this week. Auto Line This Week is underwritten in part by... In this epic battle of fuel efficiency and endurance, we're here to see which hybrid has the best MPG. That's the essence of a hybrid soul. But is there more to it? The Hybrid Game MPG Challenge.